My brothers and sisters, no matter what it is that you go through, understand that God is able to deliver you, and he'll never put more on you than you can bear. So come on and help me sing this song, Wondering. Hello and welcome to the Know Your Bible YouTube broadcast. I'm your host, Bishop Fred A. Carwell Sr., pastor teacher of the Greenwood Acres Full Gospel Baptist Church, domiciled right here in Shreveport, Louisiana. Due to the stay-in-place order, I'm coming to you by means of video, and I trust that I will be received by you wherever you are, and I know that I will. You can look forward to the Word of God coming to you each week. You will see information on the screen telling you how you can mail in your tithes and offerings to Greenwood Acres Full Gospel Baptist Church, 7480 Greenwood Road, Shreveport, Louisiana, zip 71119. Or you can send your tithes and offerings using the cash app. So look for that information on the screen below. Now let's get into God's precious word. I'm excited. I trust you are too. It's time for the word. <laughs> well, hello, beloved. I'm Bishop Fred A. Carwell Sr., pastor teacher of the Greenwood Acres Full Gospel Baptist Church, domicile right here in Shreveport, Louisiana, and the host of the Know Your Bible International Radio Broadcast for the past 32 years. I am so happy to join you here on YouTube, and I pray that the word coming will uh, cause your heart to rejoice and it need be to refocus on the things of the Lord Jesus Christ. I was cogitating on the cost of true freedom. When we talk about the cost of freedom, that's one thing. But then when we talk about the cost of true freedom, you need to know where you're at, you need to know whose you are, and you need to know where you are headed, and you need to know what you are doing. Because when we talk about the cost of freedom, some people attempt to get free by going on vacation, not realizing that they have to come back to the same situation, dealing with the same people, dealing with the same problem that caused them to need a vacation in the first place. And secondly, when we talk about true freedom, we're talking about a freedom that only Christ can give that will withstand the test of time. It will buck the proposition of buckling at the knees and giving in. It will give the believer the strength that is needed for the journey and God will extend the grace for the trial. That's true freedom. That's a freedom that will stand the test of time. And the question is, do you have it? So when we talk about the cost of true freedom, just to talk about the cost of true freedom, causes us to want to know who paid the price to set us free. And what does it mean for a price to be paid for our freedom? And how do we access that code that gives us the liberality to walk in a world like this, free of the manacles that would have us bound to be able to rise above the average individual, not in pride, 
but the salvation of the Lord lifts us up. So let's talk today about the cost of true freedom. And I guarantee you what we will find at the base of this discussion is true love because God is the true God and everything that God does is truth and true. I'm going to pull a text right here that may seem to be somewhat disassociated with the cost of true freedom, but loan me your ear for about 30 minutes, okay? In the book of Hebrews, <clears throat> the ninth chapter, and the latter portion of the 22nd verse, but I'm going to read the whole 22nd verse of Hebrews chapter 9 and verse 22. And almost all things are by the law purged with blood. And without shedding of blood is no remission. That's the cost right there. Without the shedding of blood, there is no remission. There is no forgiveness of sins without the shedding of blood. Animals' blood in the Old Testament covered sin. Jesus' blood is the New Testament in his blood that washes our sins away, hallelujah. So without the shedding of blood, there is no remission. That's the cost right there. And the sacrifice had to be perfect. So I submit to you that our Lord Jesus Christ lived a perfect, spotless, sinless life in this world while he was here for 33 years. He never committed any sin. He asked those Pharisees one day, which of you uh, convinces me or commits me of sin? I have done no sin. So therefore, you have no judgment against me. The cost of true freedom means that someone had to pay a price that was acceptable to Almighty God in order to let the captives go free. So without the shedding of blood, there is no remission. There is no remission. So to be free is to be free from the guilt of sin, free from the power of sin. And I realize that, that, that as we progressively move forward, with our Lord Jesus Christ, that there are some things that we will stop doing, some things that we will leave behind, and then there'll be some things that'll be wrong with us the day that the Lord comes to take us away in the rapture. So what I'm saying is this, the cost of true freedom means that I've been purchased with a price. I've been bought with a price. And that price is the precious blood of the Lord Jesus Christ who paid for our sins at the cross, at the cross where I first saw the light and the burdens of my heart rolled away. It was there by faith I received my sight and now I am happy all the day. The cost of true freedom cost Jesus his life the cost of true freedom. Jesus was willing to pay that price 
because he said in another place, I lay my life down and I have the power to take it up again. No man takes my life. And that's what he meant because that's what he said. Nobody takes my life. I lay it down of my own accord because I have come into this world to seek and to save that which was lost. But I realize that I'm not getting out of this world without paying the cost, without paying the price, without dying for Fred who is guilty. And I'm sinless, Jesus said. But I'm going to pay the cost for Fred because he's in bondage. I want you to listen up to this right quick. In the gospel according to John, and I'm talking about the cost of true freedom, what it really means to be free, okay? Abraham Lincoln didn't do it. And as much as I can appreciate Frederick Douglass, he didn't do it. Ida B. Wells or Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. didn't do it. Even though these were monumental efforts, Christ came to set the captives free. There's a conversation going on with Jesus and the Pharisees, and I want to call your attention to Luke, I'm sorry, to John chapter 8, and in John chapter 8, and commencing at verse 30 through 36, you'll find these consecrated words. As he spoke these words, talking about Jesus, many believed on him. Then said Jesus to those Jews who believed on him, if you continue in my word, then are you my disciples indeed. And you shall know the truth and the truth shall make you free. They answered him, we are Abraham's seed and were never in bondage to any man. How sayest thou, ye shall be made free? Jesus answered them, Verily, verily I say unto you, whosoever committed sin is the servant of sin. And the servant abideth not in the house forever, but the son abideth ever. If the son therefore shall make you free, you shall be free indeed. Hallelujah. There has to be a cross. There has to be a death. There has to be a blood payment. There has to be a ransom. Somebody has to pay for our liberty, for our freedom, for our sins to be remitted. Because without the shedding of blood, there is no remission. So God put his blood in the veins of the Lord Jesus Christ, who came to suffer, to bleed, and to die at Calvary so that we might be liberated through his powerful resurrection. Do you know Jesus? Have you accepted him as your Lord and Savior? Oh, I know you may have a 401k as long as from here to Kansas City. I know you may ride in your Bentley and feel as though 
everybody around you is beneath you. That's not freedom. There may be a liberty involved in that, but only Jesus can make you free. Free to praise God, free to worship God, free to give him the kudos and accolades, do his name no matter who is seated next to you or who it is that you may know. Are you free to praise him or are you ashamed? Are you free to give what God tells you to give at any given time in any given service? Are you trying to give on the low-down level that other people are giving and God has called you to a higher calling? Jesus here in dealing with these Jews made it real plain. And what he said is that if you continue in my word, then are you my disciples indeed. In other words, you got to prove that you're born again. You got to let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your father, which is in heaven. That's true freedom. That's true freedom, you know, irrespective or irregardless of who it is that may befriend you, you got to have a cross somewhere in your life. And not only that, we have to have death to die to those things that are not pleasing to God. See, the servant does not abide in the house forever because he's going in and out to serve the master, but the son abideth ever because he's the son of the house. Hallelujah. I felt that one. <laughs> Jesus is the son of the house. Okay. In verse 33, well, in verse 32, John chapter eight, you shall know the truth and the truth shall make you free. Knowing the truth as the truth is in Jesus. There's so many people in bondage to religion. So many people in bondage to some oath that they have taken out of some Quran or some other book. Now don't get mad and turn me off. I'm just simply saying what Jesus is saying and what he is saying is that you shall know the truth and the truth shall make you free. Jesus said, I am the way. Didn't he say it? I am the truth. Did he say that? And I am the life. And no man cometh unto the Father but by me. So if anyone is worshiping or uh, any of you or worshiping another God is not the true God. Jesus is the true God. And to know God, according to his word, is to know eternal life. So the cost of true freedom was paid for by Jesus at the cross. A spotless, sinless sacrifice was made for the sins of the whole wide world. And I'm so glad that God reached out and grabbed me. I was on my way to hell. And like Bishop Otis Floyd, bless his heart, used to say, I was on my way to hell and enjoying the ride. And so was I. But do you know that there's a better life? I just got the word on today, prior to me coming here to share this with you, that some young man 
tried to commit suicide, shot itself in the head. How is it that our young people have no light and see no life or no better way of living? It's a problem in this generation because our young people all of a sudden have become very, very difficult, some of them, to talk to or to reason with. Don't be a hard sell. If you're looking at me today and God is causing your lungs to breathe his atmosphere, then you ought to be grateful that God is extending to you his mercy and his grace through our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ so that you can actually be free because the Son shall make you free, you shall be free indeed. They answered in verse 33, they answered him, we are Abraham's seed and were never in bondage to any man. How sayest thou, you shall be made free? Jesus answered them, verily, verily, I say unto you, whosoever committed sin is the servant of sin, and the servant abideth not in the house forever, but the son abideth ever. If the son therefore shall make you free, you shall be free indeed. Hallelujah. Christ can break off the handcuffs of the things that have us bound and set us free, free to express ourselves in God. Have you ever watched the pine trees and the oak trees when the wind comes and the limbs start swaying in the wind? They are yielding to the force of the wind. God sends his word, not every wind of doctrine. Oh no, but he sends his word just like it's coming to you today. And you know what? You don't have to be going through all those mental changes trying to figure out whether or not you need saving. You know you need to be saved. So now is it a question as to who's going to save you? Well, let me see if I can help you out. There's no other savior. There's no other God that can save you. God became a man in the person of our Lord Jesus Christ. In the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God, not a God. The word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. All things were made by him and without him was not anything made that was made and the word was made or became flesh. So Jesus is God in the flesh who came to save the whole wide world. The father sent the son to be the savior of the world. When we talk about the cost of true freedom without the shedding of blood, there is no remission. And look how Jesus was treated, called Beelzebub. When he was arrested, they attempted and they did pull his beard out. They blindfolded him. They hit him on the head with a reed. They, they, they said all manner and did all kinds of stuff to him. But hallelujah, love does not bow under the pressure of hate. Love does not yield itself to the mob or to the crowd. Love is love and it goes into the crowd to change everybody in there. And so was the task of Jesus. Jesus loves me, and this I know, for the Bible tells me so. Little ones to him belong. They are weak, but he's so strong. The cost 
of true freedom is in Jesus. Free to express myself. Free to be who he called me to be. Black and not in bondage. But black and have been delivered and liberated on the streets of Shreveport. Jesus did it. Not Abraham Lincoln. Not some politician. Not even some preacher somewhere. I thank God that the gospel was preached. And I heard it. And I came to Jesus as I was. Weary, worn, and sad. But I found in him a sweet old resting place. And he has made me glad. I am free to say no to drugs. I am free to be by myself if no one wants to walk with me. He'll never leave me, nor will he ever forsake me. So I'm not yielding to the crowd to be accepted by the crowd when Jesus is my Lord. I'm not perfect. I won't be perfect. It's not going to happen in this world. Oh, but when the Lord comes in the rapture, I'm shaking off this world. I will be a new creature in everyone that's born again and will be caught up to meet him in the air. He came that we might have life and that we might have it more abundantly. And while he was saying those things, he knew that for our liberty, he had to go into hell and get the keys. And in order for him to get into hell, he had to die on that cross. Oh, but I thank God the third day he rose again. In Luke's gospel, chapter four, verses 16 through 21, Jesus Christ is in Nazareth and he's announcing his call to preach. Listen to this. In Luke chapter four, verses 16 through 21, and he came to Nazareth where he had been brought up. And as his custom was, he went into the synagogue on the Sabbath day and stood up to read. And that was delivered unto him the book of the prophet Isaiah. And when he had opened the book, he found the place where it was written, the spirit of the Lord is upon me because he hath anointed me to preach the gospel to every creature, to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to preach deliverance to the captives and recovering of sight to the blind, to set at liberty them that are bruised, to preach the acceptable year of the Lord. And he closed the book and he gave it again to the minister and sat down and the eyes of all them that were in the synagogue were fastened on him. And as you read on, you'll find out that they tried to throw him headlong over a hill after he had departed the synagogue. But Christ came that the captives, watch this now, that the captives, he came to deliver the captives and the recovering of sight to the blind. That's what he came to do. He didn't come to put us in bondage. We were already in bondage. And when we talk about the son making you free, 
You, you know, a lot of times as Christians, when we ought to be talking about the Lord, we're talking about football because we want everybody to love us and to speak well of us. Well, you'll never accomplish that because out of all the years that a lot of people have been on this earth, and as long as God's word and God's presence is here on this earth, a lot of people after all these years have not spoken well of him. So who are you? He came to set at liberty those that are bruised. He came so that those that were in bondage could be set free. In Luke's gospel, chapter 13, and commencing at verse 10, the Bible says, and as he was teaching in one of the synagogues on the Sabbath, and behold, there was a woman who had a spirit of infirmity 18 years and was bowed together and could in no wise lift up herself. After 18 years, she was bound. She was in bondage. She bowed herself together. And, and, and one theologian said that this woman had such a severe case of scoliosis, the curvature of the spine, that her back was so bent until she was eight, she looked like a horseshoe. She was able to look between her legs the other way while she was trying to go the other way. And that was for 18 years. How long have you been suffering? How long have the enemy, how long has he been attacking you? Sometimes our minds are under an onslaught. The devil will tell you you are no good and, and you'll never amount to anything. Don't believe his report. We shall believe the report of the Lord that we are blessed of God, highly favored, on top and going higher. That our sins have been remitted and that we are in Christ, seated in heavenly places. Don't believe the report of the enemy. So this woman was bowed over for 18 years and could in no wise lift herself up. And when Jesus saw her, he called her to him and said unto her, woman, thou art loosed from thine infirmity. What a powerful statement. And he laid his hands on her and immediately she was made straight and glorified God. Ain't that powerful? Immediately she was made straight and glorified God. And, and that's, that's the freedom that I'm talking about. This woman was free to glorify God right where she was. And she had been in this bondage for a mighty long time. Then there was a man that was blind and Jesus came that our eyes might be open. In the gospel of Mark chapter 10 in verse 46 through 52, those verses, you'll find a man by the name of Bartimaeus, a blind man. Bar means son of. Timaeus means pollution. So his daddy was polluted and no good. And so was my daddy and so was yours. And that's why we need to allow the liberty of the Holy Spirit to cause us to be drawn to Jesus and born again, that God may become Abba Father. Abba Father. Abba Father. 
Papa, Daddy, Daddy God, the one who loves us, the one who forgives us, the one who supplies every one of our needs is available today, right here, right now. For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved and shall be redeemed and shall be washed in the blood of the Lamb of God and shall be given another father. See, there are two fathers in the earth realm. And as you read on in John chapter 8, you'll find that to be true. But this man by the name of Bartimaeus that was sitting on the Jericho road and not only was he on the Jericho road, he was blind and could not see. And he came, Jesus did, to open our eyes, to open our spiritual eyes, and to open our physical eyes if we happen to be blind and have no sight. Jesus Christ, the same yesterday, today, and forever. If he did it back then, hallelujah, He can do it again. I believe that with everything inside of me. In Mark's gospel, chapter 10, verses 46 through 52, you'll find these words. And they came to Jericho. And as he went out of Jericho with his disciples and a great number of people, blind Bartimaeus, the son of Timaeus, sat by the wayside begging. And when he heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth, he began to cry out and say, Jesus, thou son of David, have mercy on me. And many charged him that he should hold his peace. But he cried the more, a great deal. Thou son of David, have mercy on me. And Jesus stood still. You know, if you call him, even though he's a busy God, he'll stand still. Because my God shall supply all your need. Well, how is he going to supply my need if he doesn't know what I need, when I need it, and when I need it the most? Jesus stood still. And we need to be still and know that God is. He may not come when you want him. Thank you, daughter peoples. But he's an on-time God. Yes, he is. So Jesus stood still and commanded Bartimaeus to be called. And they called a blind man saying unto him, be of good comfort, rise, he calleth thee. And he casting away his garment, putting total confidence in Jesus because that garment gave him authority to beg. And when he cast away that garment, he was saying, I'm not going to need that anymore because I'm on my way to Jesus. And he's going to take good care of me. And I don't have to be a beggar. Then David said, I have been young and now am old. And I have never seen the righteous forsaken, nor his seed begging bread. There's something wrong in our houses if our children are out there begging and sleeping up under the bridge. Somebody didn't turn the light on for the kids while they were at the house. And if they did, the kids didn't want the light and went out into the darkness. So I'm not trying to put any parent in bondage because your kids may not have turned out the way that 
in your mind and heart they should have. But the Bible told us to train up a child in the way that he should go. And when he is old, he won't depart from it. When he's old, it didn't say he wouldn't leave while he was young. But God is able to keep our seed. The seed of the righteous shall be delivered. Stand on that. So Jesus here is entertaining the idea and opening the eyes of the blind. In verse 50, and he casting away his garment, talking about Bartimaeus, rose and came to Jesus. And Jesus answered and said unto him, what wilt thou that I should do unto thee? The blind man said unto him, Lord, that I might receive my sight. And Jesus said unto him, go thy way. Thy faith hath made thee whole. And immediately he received his sight and followed Jesus on the way. You know why a lot of people today can't see Jesus? Because they're too religious. Their mind and heart is fixed on some man that was born in Chicago that claimed to be the Messiah or some man over in Mecca that visited the place to be the way, the truth, and the life. They are blinded by religious aspirations and refuse. I had a man tell me one time that Jesus is on the same level with Muhammad. I say, you a fool. You remember when Peter, James, and John went up on the mountain of transfiguration, you remember? And there, the Lord Jesus Christ was glorified and his garments became whiter than any man in this world could whiten them. And you know what Peter said? You know what Peter said? Let's build here three tabernacles. One for Moses, one for Elijah, and one for you. Jesus ain't on the level with nobody. So the eyes of our understanding being enlightened, that we may know what is his calling. Some people, they can be exposed to the gospel, but their eyes are blinded and they cannot see. So they think that there's some other savior. John Baptist got caught in that same trap when he was in jail. He sent word to Jesus, art thou he that should come or should we look for another? Ain't but one somebody can pay the price for your true freedom. The blood of God was not put in but one person's veins and that's the Lord Jesus. And without the shedding of blood, there is no forgiveness of sin. And without the power of the Holy Ghost, there is no freedom. There's no power to become. If we reject God, he will reject us. You can't have it both ways. It's either Jesus or nothing. And I can hear some of those wonderful Pentecostal saints in my ears right now. <laughs> what are they saying, Bishop? I tell you what they're saying. It's holiness or hell. And it's still good in 2020. And then last but not least, there was a man that was keeping the swine <laughs> over in Gadara. 
And Jesus came that way. In the Gospel of Matthew chapter 8 and verses 28 through 32, you'll find these words. And when he was come to the other side of the country of the Gadarenes, there met him two possessed with demons coming out of the tombs, exceedingly fierce so that no man might pass by that way. And behold, they cried out saying, what have we to do with thee, Jesus, thou son of God? Art thou come here to torment us before the time? And there was a good way off from them and heard of many swine feeding. So the demons besought him saying, if thou cast us out, permit us to go away into the herd of swine. And he said unto them, go. And when they were come out, the demons were, they went into the herd of swine. And behold, the whole herd of swine ran violently down a steep place into the sea and perished in the waters. Ain't no demons in the pork. <laughs> the cost of true freedom is in Jesus. When one is born again and filled with the Holy Spirit and sealed unto the day of redemption, if the Son shall make you free, you shall be free indeed. What does that mean indeed? That means to do the work in deeds. Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works. And Jesus in another place said, and I, if I be lifted up from the earth, will draw all men unto me. We can lift it up in our lives today. The world is hungry for the living bread. So lift the Savior up for men to see. And I, if I be lifted up from the earth, will draw all men, dope dealers, whoremongers, murderers, wife beaters, all of that. And you cannot be saved if you are not a sinner. So ask Jesus right now, to come into your heart because he died for our sins according to the scriptures to set us free. And he was buried. But the third day God raised Jesus Christ up from the dead with all power in heaven and earth and he's right now seated at God's right hand. And if you will call him today, he will come. I am a living witness, a former junkie and a drug dealer and now a bishop an author, a father, a pastor, all that God wants to take you to places you've never been before, to meet people that can help you on your journey forward. He can do all that. And I trust today that you will remember that you cost God his son. That's how expensive you are. And that's how loved by God you are. I trust today that you'll turn to Christ and live because 
He's the only one who has eternal life. Hallelujah. The cost of true freedom cost God his son at Calvary, where God the Father killed God the Son. Praise Jesus. Thank God for the resurrection. Well, if you want to sow your tithes and offerings, I think this is a good ministry to sow them into. Know Your Bible Ministry is home-based at Greenwood Acres Full Gospel Church. So send your tithes and offerings to Greenwood Acres Full Gospel, 7480 Greenwood Road in Shreveport, Louisiana, zip 71119. Or you can cash app it at Greenwood Acres, Greenwood Acres, well, dollar sign, cash app, dollar sign, Greenwood Acres, FGBC. That's cash app, dollar sign, Greenwood Acres, FGBC. We'll see you next time on Know Your Bible YouTube. God bless you and God keep you. I hope the word today found you in need of another blessing. Hey, we love you now. And you take care. We'll see you next time. Hello, this is Bishop Fred A. Caldwell Sr., pastor-teacher of the Greenwood Acres Full Gospel Baptist Church in Shreveport, Louisiana, and the host of the Know Your Bible International Radio broadcast for the past 35 years. And this is your opportunity to sow your good seed, your tithes and your offerings, and your free will offerings into where you are being blessed by God's precious and life-changing word. So sow your tithes and offerings and love offerings to Greenwood Acres, 7480 Greenwood Road in Shreveport, Louisiana. That's Greenwood Acres, Full Gospel, 7480 Greenwood Road, Shreveport, Louisiana, zip 71119. Or you can send it by cash app, dollar sign, Greenwood Acres, FGBC. That's by cash app, Greenwood Acres, FGBC. And watch God open for you the windows of heaven and pour out for you a blessing that you shall not have room enough to receive. And oh yes, by the way, he will rebuke the devourer for your sake.